yet again for two different generations of professional wrestling fans to go through the list of matches that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher to look at them in a historical context, looking at them through the modern eyes and modern perspective and making the ultimate decision of whether we would agree with Dave Meltzer and give this mathematical certainty of a perfect five-star rating, whether we agree with that or not. Yes, it's Let Me Tell You Something. I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. So, Simon, uh, we're doing essentially a double-header now because these are two of the biggest cards, maybe even the biggest ever... Well, no, there is one more card still to come in the future. uh, That were This was really at the height of Joshi as a cultural phenomenon in in Japan of a different kind. We've already talked about the, the late 80s boom where they were sort of pop stars and they were predominantly in front of an, a young teenage girl audience. Now, as we were already saying with the earlier um, hair versus hair match, that the, the uh, demographics have shifted quite dramatically. Uh, it's a lot more of a male audience. Uh, I mean, you look at the crowd in this very well-lit match, I have to say. It's the best-looking Joshi match we've seen. Uh, not not as far as the women on in the match. I mean, just the production's values. Good save, Logan. Good save. Yep, yep. And um, and yeah, this is a this is an interpromotional match as well. This is basically like the height of the Joshi craze because it's uh, the top Joshi promotion, AJW, All Japan Women, having a series of interpromotional matches with all the other large scale Joshi promotions that are going that are going concern at the moment. There are lots of different. It's a boom time in in Joshi wrestling, and this was all of the group coming together to get the biggest possible show possible um and it's uh, an all japan women against jwp japanese uh japanese women pro wrestling or something like that uh tag match as the inaways of kyoko inawe and um takao takao inawe take on the jwp team of cutie suzuki is she a cutie? That's not for me to say. I'm no misogynist. And <laughs> Mayumi Ozaki. And Simon, first uh, impressions. This was not... Uh, the, the past Joshi matches have usually gone down a sort of... Not always, but a, it's a very... Um, uh, larger wrestler, smaller wrestler. In this one, there's there's one larger wrestler in uh, Kyoko in our way. Uh, who uh, has pa- uh, face paint on, so she's yeah. got a, an unusual look. But for so the it's, most not, it's, part... it's not just her frame. I was going to say she she mm. does have like a very Ultimate Warrior vibe. Yes, yeah, her. yeah. She's definitely a wilder character. It's an interesting dynamic between I would assume sisters. Um, there was just an intensity, and this was a full-on sprint of a match. Yeah, we didn't have um, some of the slower pace. Some of the Josie matches we've watched have been like a slow tape. Like they've had a, like a slow, like sort of semi-feeling out process before we hit the main course. Th- this didn't have that. This was just people just going at each other straight from like Jump Street. There was an intensity from the start. Um, the the handshakes were intense. 
especially the uh, last one because there's yes. there's they cross and and I can't remember the final combination, but the final combination there's like a linger, there's mm. there's, a, there's like a there's a tenseness to it, there's like an awkwardness. Uh, we've already talked about Kyoko. To me, she was the one that exuded the most uh, star power insofar as she seemed to be provoking reactions from the audience. She seemed more of a wilder character with the face paint. One of the first things she does in the match is a 38 rotations giant swing, which seemed to very I early points. Because I, I, I lost count. Yeah. And I was like, it's 30 plus. Yeah. Somehow I knew that you'd have an exact count. I, I that was through other people's work. That was through a bit of research and reading up that um I knew that. But I knew it would bother you that much to do. That. Mm. Mm. Um so yeah, it's um the action is very quick and kinetic. There's constant movement going on. There is not even anything close to a, a rest spot or even a slow spot. Now it depends on how you want to how you want to view that. It it can be almost too much for someone to take. I think it helps that the match is only about uh six. It's less than twenty minutes long. I think bell to bell. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it is uh, again just one of the things that um you notice is that one thing I've really noticed is that the wrestlers themselves are very loud. They're all screaming and yelling at each other. And I, uh, I think that's semi amplified by the crowd, which is. I mean, we've covered Japanese crowds as ad nauseum. It's not—it's not the typical American crowd that. Yes, but but let's to... not forget there was no louder crowd than the Joshi match between uh, the Crush Girls. I think. No, that was that was one the one we were saying. It was essentially like a, a an Osmonds concert from the seventies <laughs> or a One Direction concert from the twenty tens. Or the fact that Lorcan went for the Osmonds first really emphasises that we're two different generations. Yeah, I thought it would be appropriate to go. This with that my lot and your lot the Oz- <laughs> <laughs> don't don't you pay to one direction in my camp uh, there's nothing wrong with one direction i was gonna say that's that's, that's more post me I... do you know what's interesting about one direction all of them thought they were robbie <laughs> do you know what i mean used to be back in the day there was one or two people in the boy bands who thought you can tell they think they're the robbie <laughs> you know there's brian from westlife he thought he was the robbie Justin Timberlake knew he was the Robbie of NSYNC. I can only think of four of them that have tried to do stuff on their own, though. I think they've all tried to do stuff on their own, just some haven't been. That Niall lad knew he had no chance. Well, not Niall had his. Zane had his. Harry, I think Harry had one. He had a huge hit. Louis did that football thing for like, a hot spell. Yeah, but he's also done other things. They've all tried it on the solo fronts. Harder, harder than past attempts. You know, Howard Donald was always like, I'm going to milk this cow until it runs dry and then milk it some more. Just hold on to it for dear life. <laughs> that was an interesting... Um, there's, not a lot, there's, there's honestly not a lot I can say. It's, it's a lot of moves happen very quickly. Everyone tries really hard. There's some really cool moves. I tell you what was interesting. Uh, back from the, the AAA match... Uh, that ended with a bridging fallaway slam, and that seemed to be the move of the moment because uh, one of the wrestlers does the same thing in this match, uh, a fallaway slam that they hold on and turn into a bridging pin. I don't know why that was the in move at the time, but there we go. You get hot moments, don't you, though, with moves. But yeah, just everything is hit really hard. Pretty much all is, is really crisp. Some of the submissions are wrenching hard. There's a Boston Crab. 
that goes on for a long time and look like it bloody hurts. I mean, that's that's, that's the most selling we see as well because the facials during that move mm. are really, really good. But because of the match's fast pace, we don't really settle on any particular thing. Mm. I think this is a match, if you situated it about, I don't know, what, 20 years later? 20 years later would take it to about, what, 2000? Well, I'm trying to remember when this took place now. This is 93. 93. So if you took it 20 One years later... One of the three matches in a two-week period that Dave Meltzer gives five stars. This is the first one. But if you took this 20 years later, it took it to 2013 when women's wrestling hadn't evolved, so to speak, yet. But that's because, but that's because, as far as Japanese women's wrestling goes, it was just so ahead of the time. It took everyone else ages. Like I would say that this kind of pace has only recently been matched by guys like Kenny Omega. Yeah, but like Kenny Omega is the only one that's really, and 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 Kota Ibushi have really been the only people that can match this kind of pace as men. That's exactly my point, though. It's such a different thing to what we expect and what we were seeing in the WWE at the same sort of time for the majority yeah, of the matches. it is crazy to think at this point, like, Hulk Hogan's beating Yokozuna to win his fifth WWF championship. Yeah, I mean, WrestleMania 9 was, like, what, a few years away from this? No, this is, like, the same month as WrestleMania 9. 93 is WrestleMania 9. 93, sorry. A lot of people point to as the worst WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, exactly, when Hulk Hogan beat Yokozuna... Like, on a whim as well. It just, he just came at the end and, like, fancied it. Let's not talk about WWF here. Because it's no. just a different world from it. But, you can understand... But, but, like, this, is why, this is why, like, these sort of matches were, like, the hardcore wrestling fans, like, in the nose. You know, it's like a weird... It's like a, like a, a music hipster loves some band of three Japanese teenagers you know it's like this is the real music scene you know you know there are people like that it's like it's like <laughs> finding a really good like indie band on the same week that crazy frog was number one yeah, that, that's the point we're trying to illustrate yeah basically in 93 uh american wrestling's not really offering much of anything wcw is not amazing wwf is very poor they're they're figuring out what they are post hogan um ecw hasn't really just started to form into something so the boom is dead. So you're looking elsewhere and you're starting to see it in the Mexico scene with guys like Rey Mysterio Jr. reinventing what high-flying wrestling is. And this Joshi wrestling kind of pushing boundaries. what was previously all these big moves just suddenly being all in one match. It's kind of blowing your minds. That, you know, that's, that's what's significant about this sort of um, Joshi wrestling uh, and the impact that it would have in, in time. Because that's... that's... Me being, an, me being the more negative-minded, it seems, based on the amount of uh, five-star ratings we've dished out thus far in the series, mm-hmm. that that is a criticism I could attribute to this match, is it does verge on finisher spam towards but, the end. But is that a, a case of, because it's so prevalent now, this is suffering from those that have taken it the wrong way or those that have taken it too far or the fact that it's so... Pre- like, maybe the reason this was so uh, groundbreaking and so exciting and being rated five stars was because... You didn't finisher, get Finisher spam was something you didn't get. Potentially, I mean... And, and because it was like... It was small Japanese women in their early 20s for the most part. Yeah. It's almost in a completely different world that you don't have to compare it to. 
Hogan Ultimate Warrior or whatever, you know? Well, well, the point we were making earlier is you didn't have any mainstream contemporary to pin this against. Um, And you're right, I'm looking at this through 2019 eyes, um, not through 1993 eyes, but... On, on the flip side, I can only use the eyes I have. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's difficult. And that's that's one of the difficulties we face throughout this whole series is the, the, the argument is, do things age good or do things age badly? Like when we look at matches that are so well, long ago. Well, the, the simple question is, did you enjoy this match? I enjoyed it. Because you didn't enjoy, like, say, the shoot-style wrestling. No. Which is the other end of the spectrum, which is as realistic as wrestling gets, in theory. So yes. it's not that you're looking for ultimate realism. No, no, I am... I am. So looking... what are you looking for? Is this, like, the two ends of the spectrum, as far as you're concerned? Yeah, this is more to the, the far end of the unrealistic side of the spectrum. Um... But you're right, the shoot-fighting match was way too far the other way. And I think wrestling sits somewhere, well, not somewhere, within the middle of those two things, because... I don't think it has to. It can be wherever it wants to be. It, no, no, rest, well... So I, your preference of wrestling is my somewhere preference, in the middle. My preference of wrestling is somewhere. Your middle of the road. <laughs> w- you're, you're cold playing. You genuinely think Green Book was the best film of the year. <laughs> Now, no, no, don't bring your film stuff into this because I've not seen Green Book, so I don't know if that's an insult or not. It, here's Green Book for you. Ah, oh, racism. Ugh. There you go. That was Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> oh. At least I, as a white man, am not as bad as the other white men. There's Green Book. <laughs> right, okay. If only all white men were as good as I was. <laughs> that's That's Green Book. That's the that's the plot, is it? Right there. Basically, yeah. Well, no, um, no, no. Someone, someone summarized Green Book brilliantly. Green Book is about that racist you set, you know, who says, "I can't be racist. I have a black friend." Met that black friend. <laughs> that's what Green Book is. That's a bit bleak when you think about it. Um, spoiler alert for for those those who haven't seen what won best film at the Oscars. <sighs> You can understand why this would be some people's best match, though, can't you, Simon? Just maybe not you. Yeah, yes, yes. I Again, with a lot of the stuff I don't rate five star, I appreciate the value of it, much as I appreciate mm. the value of this match. But What is the value of this match to you? It's great athleticism. It, it didn't have a... It's an t- exhibition. It is. But did you not feel the intensity of an interpromotional match? I, I think the intensity and the and the desire to win is every bit as as well conveyed as one of the, our favourite matches in this run so far, which is the Tenru um, Tsuruta against Choshi Yatsu match. And I would argue better done than the Muto Koshinaka Maeda Takada match. I... I got it. Although this is explicitly interpromotional, whereas the other two were sort of alluding to an interpromotional nature. That was I, more like WWF invasion interpromotional, whereas this it. is genuinely two organizations working together politically to make a, a big, you know, this was like in front of 16,500 people in the Yokohama Arena, which is like one of the biggest attendances. And at that time, the biggest gate for a female wrestling show ever. I got it in the second half of the match because. There was definitely a um, a sense of we- no one can look weak, so it's what does it take to actually do this? 
Mm. I think that that's why it but like it it goes towards what I termed finisher spam mm. because neither side looks weak with this like but to be fair i think the majority of big moves are being broken up by the partner coming in and saving their partner is finisher spam more acceptable in those instances where it's like they might not have kicked out we'll never know yes would you accept that more yes i would so that's what this match mostly does doesn't it i mean i didn't keep a tally of how many were kickouts and how many were you know, yeah, no, I, I don't have a precise percentage breakdown either way, but my my point is less is more, mm. and we we weren't privy to that tenant towards the second half of this match. I, I feel, but I think it's always actually what I think the women's wrestlers, the Joshi wrestlers, were doing. Like I said, I've said this before, and I'll try to refrain from using it all the time. We talk about Joshi wrestling, but it is. Every great movie in wrestling was probably invented by some 98-pound Japanese 19-year-old girl, you know. And I think with these, it's like they're taking a move and they're just bring it, pushing it to that next level, you know. So with this one, like, you know, you the, the classic finishing moves of, like, the demolition decapitations where it's Axe coming off the second rope on a, on a backbreaker over the knee to hit an elbow. Instead, what finishes this match is... Uh, an over-the-shoulder backbreaker combined with a top rope elbow drop. It's pushing it that that step further. Yeah. Um, we'll and we'll see that even more in the next match that to, we cover. To piggyback off your point, I get that because the people who were watching wrestling and were that passionate about it at this time uh, became wrestlers. And those... I can only... I'm speculating, but I can only imagine they were watching what American wrestling was at that time and, and seeing yeah. if there was more to it. Well, it's like how some maybe sometimes people overvalue PWG matches or they overvalue what AEW might end up doing because it's not WWE. Or, or you know, maybe Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer himself overvalues an NXT show because it's WWE, but it's not Vince McMahon's WWE. And it's obvious that certain people now have a built-in prejudice against that well something that's, whether warranted or not something that's off the beaten track is immediately alluring it appeals mm. to like the base nature of curiosity it's not it? necessarily alluring to everyone you know to an extent, not everyone to an extent it is hey there we go <laughs> because you either there are those who fear change mm. and those who are intrigued by it but either way you have on a base level, a a reaction to difference. Mm. That's why it's one of the themes of like gothic horror. Difference is it it evokes a response, whether negative or positive, and that's why eyes are drawn to difference. So you say this is like the uncanny world of wrestling <laughs> for the time. Yes, look look mm. at what the alternative was. Mm. Well, we analysed the crap out of this, didn't we? It was more a, uh, uh, I don't know what that was. I was that went that went metaphysical almost. But I think, in all honesty, that's kind of a. There's not a lot you can almost say about. You know what it's like? It's like when Rod, uh, Leslie Nielsen's Naked Gun films came out, and Roger Ebert, one of my favorite critics, basically said it's kind of hard to review these movies because they're just the jokes. And so I could just tell you my favorite jokes, and then that's the review. Yeah, it's almost like. This was a lot of moves, and I could tell you my favorite moves, and that's no, mostly well, what I did. Pick- but that's but that's but also that is a bit unfair because it was a, it was four fantastic athletes 
desperately trying to do their side of the promotion justice. And they do that. I can't remember any, like, you know, um, it real um, inter-team rivalries or, 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 like, um, you know, limb work or things like, you know, what basic... People people who believe what psychology is supposed to be, you know? But if you just take it by the sense of two teams that really desperately want to win and are throwing everything at each other, then that's what this match is and that's the story of this match and it's a well-told story. And they accomplish that specific Mm. goal. Doesn't fit into my wheel... Like, doesn't sometimes fit into my wheelhouse in terms of, like, what I've talked about, what psychology should have in a match. Mm. It's one of those situations where if someone says this is my favourite type of wrestling, you'd understand, but you couldn't uh, agree. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, I'd say. Um, it, it, it's. But are some, but are some forms of wrestling greater than, uh, greater than others? Like, if someone says their favourite kind of wrestling is CZW death matches, would you see that person? Would you, would you feel that that's a justify? Would you feel like that's? Um, it, me and my mum were having this discussion actually because it became about Brexit, and it was about are all opinions valid, equally valid? And I said, if my opinions are based on facts that I've researched, and your opinions are based on gut feelings, then I'm more right than you, in my opinion, and my opinion has more validity than yours does. Ooh, that's a very deep philosophical question. In terms of maybe, maybe we don't have time for that now. To to row it back to wrestling, um, in wrestling senses, because wrestling, because 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 wrestling is an art form. The answer to the question in the the question you've posed in the field of wrestling mm. is no. Mm. I cannot say the same about other walks of life without wanting to open that particular philosophical Pandora's box right now. But in are terms... there wrestling fans that, that, that you feel like their opinions are more valid than other wrestling fans as to the quality of a match? Because there are wrestlers, no. you know, you'll say, you'll say that Ricky Steamboat's opinion about a wrestling match is more valid than a guy who's wrestled for two years. So if, if, a, rest... so if a guy who watches 10,000 hours of wrestling says this Joshi wrestling is the best kind of wrestling. Is their opinion more valid than someone who, you know, pretty much only watches death matches because after a couple of years of watching wrestling, they just like death matches. Well, this is the whole movie. Like, I mean, to, to encroach back onto movies, like what makes a movie critic so good at being a movie critic? Really? Like all, all they are at their best. Oh man, we are first year philosophy studenting the crap out of this, aren't we? We, we are. At, at, but at its base, a movie critic is a man with an opinion. But mm. his opinion is enshrined for for what reason? Like mm. because he's seen a lot of movies, because he's studied cinema, and has therefore like viewed it through a different lens. But when you study things, can you then up not being able to see the wood for the trees. On occasion. To an extent. Try to avoid that. <laughs> Let's leave it here. We're not going to get any further. I think we're just saying this is a good... Look, if you just want to watch a, a, a 16-minute fast-paced exhibition of wrestling, yeah. like if you just want to watch that, 
then this is a bloody good match to watch. And there's a certain deep irony about us talking about the validity of one opinion over the other when the entire theme for what we're doing right now is uh, reviewing matches that one particular man rated five stars. In the, on and an those scale. five star ratings are now basically news stories in the uh, wrestling media nerdy yeah. landscape. But what I'm trying we're to gonna, say... We're going we're gonna to do... We're gonna, if you want this kind of... I don't know, I'm not going to call it deep because it oh. might be very shallow... But if you want this sort of philosophizing, then maybe hold out for a couple more episodes. We're going to get into a bit more of this. I guess it was like a precursor to it. Mm. Um, but I, I, let's just let's just wrap this up now. Um, Simon, you wouldn't give it five stars. No, I would give it five stars. But it's a very good type of this, like Joshi. What what we're coming to realize what Joshi wrestling is about, which is a lot of moves. I think, like I said, like I think maybe it comes from the culture of Joshi being that they all had to retire at 26, so they had to pack in like 20 years worth of wrestling into a very short space of time. <laughs> and so they had to fit in all these moves because, and you... they needed to do more to stand out against men. You know, it's like you know you got to work. You know, it's like the people who are not white males traditionally you have to work ten times harder to get half the credits, and, and they are working retire... bloody hard in these matches. And because you retire at twenty six, you never really get someone in their mid, like obviously, like like in the men's world, in their mid forties, having to having to slow down for X and Y miles on the clock or X and Y I injuries. Think, I think that culture had started to die out at this point because all these other Joshi wrestling promotions were forming uh, of women who were like. I don't want to retire at 26. Oh, Call I, me crazy. I still have a mortgage. <laughs> They didn't let Japanese women have mortgages. <laughs> but Simon, if people want to get in touch with you and send you some Nietzsche quotes or whatever it is we're going to get for this, how can they do so? They can get in touch with me on Twitter where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, so known because probably three different people will quote, quote a Greek philosopher at me whilst they're talking about this particular episode. Mm. Uh, my name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U W L A for Aristotle, N for Nietzsche. That's my Twitter handle. That's my Instagram handle. If you put an at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. If you want to see what my film taste is like, and boy, does it sound wanky from this descript- this discussion, then go on Letterboxd and have a look at it there. Uh, whatever other social medias that I've not mentioned, they're probably on there if they're anywhere. Um, we're, we're not finished with the Joshi world. We'll try. I think this next one, I really want to talk about the actual match itself. We've gone bit more philosophical because this is a one this is a match that i've long known i'm supposed to watch if i consider myself a true wrestling fan this is a match that often gets cited as the best it not only won the 1993 wrestling observer newsletter's best wrestling match of the year uh for a lot of people this was maybe the best match of the 90s one of the best matches of all time it's another match from dream slam it's another interpromotional match as all japan women's manami toyota and toshio yamada Take on the returning Mayumi Ozaki, but this time she's tagging with Dynamite Kanzai. It's a week and a bit later, 11th of April, 1993. The Dream Slam 2, Electric Boogaloo. Simon, I don't think there's much more to say other than my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Get in touch with us on lmtyspod at gmail.com. And have a five-star time until the next time. You're-